This is an exclusive presentation of Podcast One Sports. What up? This is Robert Oig. Or oh, three pointer. it. You might know me as Big Shot Bob. Oh, for three. Oh, unbelievable! This guy is off the charts. What's going on, Big Shot Bob? Robert Oig from downtown. Now that's making a statement. And we have arrived. At show number 100, we have done this crap a hundred times. <laughs> and uh, there, yeah, 100. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Robert Ory and Will Chamberlain. A seamless transition. <laughs> a harmonic convergence of the greatness of Robert Ory. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, no better oh, guest to join us on show 100 than I, I, I remember. I remember the first time, it was in the early 90s, Robert had just graduated from the University of Alabama with honors. And (laughs) he comes in and he joins the Houston Rockets, which were a good team. And they had a lot of talent. And they had a lot of everything going through. And they had Rudy T. And they had Akeem. And they had this incredible fan base. And they had the Summit. <laughs> all the of a summit. sudden, it was trying to it was trying to come into being, and then they inserted Robert Ory into the lineup, and things were never the same again. <laughs> because Robert Ory, he was the missing link in the evolutionary process of one of the great teams, one of the great moments, one of the great eras in the history of all of basketball because Robert Ory, he could, would, and did do everything it took to win the games. And Robert was never about himself. He was always about the result of the team winning the game. And he would block the shot. He would throw the pass. He would be a decoy. He would knock down a huge (laughs) jumper, although his shooting ability got a lot better over the course of his incredible career. But what he really could do is that he could get the ball to the guy who needed the ball. And Robert Ory, he was the person that made that Houston Rocket team become the championship team. And his ability to see where the openings were, to position himself always at the right place, and then also to see the future before anybody else did. (laughs) When when things didn't go right in in, in Houston after winning two straight championships, and I was there calling the games for both of them, it was absolutely fantastic. And then he goes on to Phoenix, and it didn't work out there. And so... And then he goes to the Lakers. And you know, and then from there he goes to San Antonio. And always in the right place at the right time, decision making, the choices that we are faced with in our lives. But then assuming, accepting, relishing, loving the responsibility of being the guy that makes it happen. And to play for the coaches that Robert played for, Wimp Sanderson, Rudy Tomjanovich, Phil Jackson, and then Greg Popovich. I mean, the lessons of life that he must have picked up along the way. <laughs> and, and, and the way those experiences have made him now into one of the world's great broadcasters, <laughs> one of the world's great human beings, and one of the world's great dads. I mean, somebody who would spend an hour and a half in traffic to go <laughs> to get to this show, you just know that this guy has got it all, and he's willing He's willing to sacrifice and he's willing to discipline himself so that others won't have to. And I'm staggered, I'm saddened, and I'm shocked and I'm dismayed at the fact that Robert Ory has not been inducted and shrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He's already in the Hall of Fame of life. 
anybody that would spend an hour and a half in LA traffic and show up in this show with that big, beautiful smile on his face with those gorgeous uh, teeth and still all that hair left up on top. <laughs> <laughs> and here it was, this, this, this guy, this guy who, who did everything that you need to do to have a success in a group dynamic. And what's frustrating to me is that that's what they tell you along the way. They tell you, you have to do this stuff. You know, if you, if you want to make it, if you want the team to work, if you really want to win, everybody's got to play their role. Everybody's got to fit in. Everybody's got to sacrifice, you know, as, as Robert did that, you know, he did it for a team. He did it for Clyde, you know, and, and, and then, uh, you know, he, he, he did it for Shaq and he did it for Kobe and, and, and then he did it for Timmy. And I don't even know how much you got to play with David Robinson. Is David Robinson still even in the league when you were there? Uh, you know, I played against him. I never played, had a chance to play with him. You right. know, David was, I mean, dumb. So, and so you did, you did, you know, everything they wanted you to do. Yeah. And then, and, 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 and what happens in situations like that, you know, they ask you to do something and then when you do it and it works, they just kind of say, Oh, okay. You know, it's no big deal. We're not going to pay you. We're not going to put you in the basketball hall of fame. <laughs> so it's just nonsense. Believe me, Robert, if I were in charge, things would be a whole lot different here. Congratulations on a hundred shows here. Congratulations on a most spectacular career and life and just all these different i mean what's it called andalusia that you oh, came come from? on yeah <laughs> andalusia yeah if you if you're in spain it's andalusia but you know andalusia. You dirty south is andalusia because you know they got the horses well, I'm, Andalusians. I'm in san diego which is right next to mexico so i'm going to say andalusia Okay. Like now, now, did you live there in a big mansion on the hill? Or, <laughs> or was your mansion on the beach or the riverfront? Or... Hey, my house was on the hill, but it wasn't no mansion. It was, <laughs> oh, it was two bedrooms, one bathroom, and me and my mama trying to make it right. You know, but it's it's, it's so funny when you, you talk about Andalusia. And I, I tell kids that I'm so happy that I was brought up in a small town because when they say it takes a village, you know, small towns are villages because everybody in that town looks out for you. Everybody wanted me to succeed from day one. Every coach I had from, from coach Simpson, who was my elementary coach to uh, coach Barry, who's my middle school coach and the coach Richard Robson, who's my high school coach. These guys were all influential in my life. And that's what it is. When you have that small town, think about it. They 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 come into your house when you don't go to school. When you mess up, they they their moms are friends with the coaches, so they oh you you gotta be on the straight and narrow. So but it's an honor to have you on for a hundred episodes. So how many people were Andalusia were in Andalusia? Oh uh, man, it's about twenty five? About twenty twenty five to thirty thousand. My graduating oh, class I thought yeah. <laughs> No, my graduating class was hundred and thirty. So I had hundred and thirty <laughs> in my graduating class. So Oh my gosh. Goodness. And, and then when when you were very small and you first started to play basketball, mm -hmm. who was your guy when you were looking up to? I mean, because you're 18 years younger than I am. It means you were born in 1970. So that means by the time 1980, that would have been Dr. J. That would have been the magic. That would have been the magic. You're great at math. Yeah. You're great everybody at math. Yeah. Everybody in my hometown, they loved Dr. J, but I was a, I was a magic guy. Right. And then I was a Dominique and a Pippin guy. Those are the three guys I really love. So. Well, phenomenal players, yes. And yeah. uh, and we're going to throw Robert Ori right into that same pitch. <laughs> yeah, when I got to college, none of those, guys, like none of those yeah. guys have seven championships. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dominique, does Dominique have one? No, no Dominique never got one. I don't think yeah. Dominique made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. No. Dominique is as fine as they come. He's like yes. Robert. And yeah. Yeah, I was... I was heartbroken. I mean, the Dominique, they passed him over on the Hall of Fame his first couple of, at least one year, maybe two years. I don't know. It was right. like, what are they thinking, right? And then, <laughs> and, then they, and then on the NBA at 50, they left Dominique and they left Bob McAdoo off of that. And, yeah. and, and so fortunately, they rectified that in NBA 75. Yeah. But this is a Robert Ory tribute show and celebration. <laughs> and, 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 and the fact that this guy, I mean, who, who did so much, and, 
and he had to change positions all the time and change roles, you know, and, you know, from, you know, from being the center in college <laughs> and on a very good Alabama team to all of a sudden, he, you know, he shows up. Now, Robert's a full 6'10", and, and this is a big, tall dude, but in, in the NBA, you know, you look at somebody who's 6'10", and they're just kind of like, okay, well, they're just another guy and, until Robert started playing. And the the opportunity, the privilege to play in Houston. Wow, what a sports city! What a yeah. town! What a community! With with uh, uh, Akeem Olajuwon and with Rudy T. I started playing against Rudy T. when I was fourteen or fifteen <laughs> on the San Diego Rockets. Oh, serious? He had been a huge star. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Rockets, your Rockets were 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 my Rockets because my Rockets in San Diego starting in nineteen sixty seven. But Rudy came a year or two in, and I was—I had the key to the high school gym where I went to high school. It had more than 120 people in it, and so here was a situation where, you know, from the very beginning, when I was 14 years old, that I was playing against NBA players, and then Rudy was one of those guys. And then how we, tall were you at 14? <clears throat> let's see. When I started high school, I was uh, when I graduated eighth grade, I was five eleven. Okay. And I was uh, by the time I was a sophomore, I was like six seven, and then by the time I was a junior, I was six nine. By the time I was a senior, I was six eleven, and so I just kept growing and just uh, you know my 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 parents were aghast. Uh, my, <laughs> my my high school coach was ecstatic, and I, I just loved it. And you know I I, I played basketball and I I started as a guard. And, wow. and guys early on were Jerry West and Pete Maravich. But then I hurt my knee real bad when I was 14, 13 and 14 and had an operation. And I, and I grew a lot. And, and then I, I switched to Bill Russell. Bill oh. Russell. <laughs> well, 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 Bill, I'm, I'm, I'm a, just, um, you know, a little six, two. So I'm a little jealous of both of you all. So I'm, uh, Brandon, I'm sure. everybody under six, 10 looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to see Robert Orient to be there for so many of the big moments, man, when he was taken down Orlando in the second championship in that sweep, and then when you were with uh, the Lakers and you were hitting those big giant shots, because when you came in, shooting was not your forte. Yeah. You were a you were a complete <laughs> basketball player, right? Yeah. And but the level of your skill, the level of your talent, and and and, uh, and your proficiency to become the champion, and that doesn't just happen. And, and again, this comes back to the to the lack of acknowledgement of the contributions of Robert Ory, because those championships in Houston would not have occurred without Robert Ory. You know, I say that all the time. Sure <laughs> I say you, it all the time. Sure you have to have you. You have to have a team. You have to have the best player. You have to have Shaq. You have to have Timmy. Mm-hmm. But you, you also have to have Robert Ory, and because you never know, you never know who is really important until you don't have them. And while Houston won two championships. They haven't won one since Robert Ory. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I've always said, and I've told Rob this too, Bill. I feel like the NBA today is missing Robert Ory's. Like, there's just not a lot of those guys. Oh, no, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of Robert Ory's. Not, not quite as good, but guys who were. But you have to watch. Uh, Jenner's is your name. <laughs> yes, sir. It's okay. Rob. It's Rob. I, I go by my last name on the show as not to confuse the hell out of people because we're both Robs. So. Yes. <laughs> so, Jenners, the key is to watch the best teams all the time and, and don't watch the bad teams. You know, Don't watch the teams that are bereft. Like, like Atlanta? Of selfish. <laughs> well, we live in Atlanta, so that's a word at default. There. We got a choice. Watch the best teams and watch the best players. Now, while Robert Ory is unique in his physical size, his skill levels, I mean, how many 6'10 guys are knocking down three point shots at the buzzer to win the championship? Not a lot of those guys around. How many 6'10 guys? Are able to play the perimeter after playing inside for the 
for the most of his career early on and then become an exquisite perimeter player and as great a post feeder as there's ever been. But when you look at when you look at the great teams in basketball today and in the you know in the East you have to start with uh, Milwaukee and what Giannis is doing right now and the way that his teammates sacrifice for him. And they they and, and and the job of the coach and the general manager and the guys who are running the show basketball wise, their job is to find players who have the personality and have the character and have the stature of a Robert Ori, who doesn't want that light until the biggest moment. And then when the opportunity presents itself, he stands forward. And then you got the Golden State Warriors in, in, in the West and what they do to support Steph Curry. Now, Steph is, is a different kind of player because he can, he can do it off his own dribble. Now, he, he moves brilliantly without the ball, but he can also do it when he has to off his own dribble. And very few players in the history of basketball are able to do that. But what I loved about Robert Ory was the way that he changed and that he grew as the situation changed. Because the centers that he played with, the big guys that he played with, Akeem, different than Shaq. I mean, and then, yeah. and then Shaq, totally different than Timmy. Yeah. And but but Robert was, you know. Robert Ory is as smart as they come. And, and, you know, he, he's sly. He likes to he, <laughs> he likes to put that little smile and kind of slouch off in the corner and say, you know, I'm not doing much. But then the whole time, you know, he's figuring it out. He he's like a grandmaster in the world of chess, where you know when the game is just you know is coming and coming, and all of a sudden you find yourself as in a Robert Ory opponent, you find yourself in a helpless hapless and hopeless position that there's nothing you can do about it because that guy is so brilliant. And I will never rest until they finally recognize and realize the mistakes of the years gone by and put Robert Ory into the basketball hall of fame, because that guy, he is so deserving. Basketball hall of fame is for the guys that created the history of the game, who wrote the history. And the guys who write the history are the guys that win the championships. And nobody except Boston Celtics players <laughs> won more championships than Robert Ory. And, and, and we're sitting around listening to other people tell us uh, who, who did the job. Robert Ory did the job, man. That guy, he delivers. You know, if it took them that long to put Bernard King in, so, you know. <laughs> Oh, another tragic mistake. Yeah. Just well, 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 Bill, once he gets into the Hall of Fame, we know who should be at the podium speaking for him because nobody, <laughs> no one can speak for him like you can speak for him. I was there. Yes. <laughs> I did all those games. Absolutely. It was just fantastic. And because nobody else, there was nobody else like him, you know, in, in those days. Now, uh, there have been some great post feeders. Now, I played with an exquisite post feeder in college, Greg Lee, who was absolutely brilliant. I also played with Bob Gross, and I played with Larry Bird, mm. and they were exquisite post feeders. Look at how much more efficient, productive, and dominant Kareem became once Magic started getting him the ball in the right way. And uh, then look what Robert Ory, you know, you know, Shaq didn't start winning all those championships until Robert Ory showed up. Uh, we swept I, him. Without uh, me, he got swept. <laughs> I just, I, I loved calling those games uh, because, you know, Shaq was Shaq, and it's incredible force of nature like few others. But the guys who he had on the wings, you know, the, the, you know, we had Robert Ory on one side and Rick Fox on the other. And these are just two of the smartest nicest, finest, and most intuitive human beings you'll ever come across in everything that they do. And their sense, some of my favorite players ever, at, at, at the highest of levels, uh, Bill Russell and Steve Nash, you know, two guys who came out and were, I wrote an article one day how Bill Russell and Steve Nash were the same person. And I, I, <laughs> 
it didn't go over well. Yeah, but I, yeah, I can't imagine. I, <laughs> but, but with Bill Russell and, and Steve Nash, they would come out onto the court, look around and say, okay, you know, who am I going to make the star of this game? And they would look at their teammates and they would, and, and he would figure out, okay, this is where we got an edge. And so my job is to make that happen. And so when I saw, when, when I saw the world cup this year, which was absolutely phenomenal yes, it I was. because of my work schedule, I didn't get to see the, the pool play round, but I saw every game in the, playoff rounds and the, the level of intensity and tenacity and ferocity and dedication determination that that was Robert Ori I mean the, the way that he would come out and while well, Argentina won and, and and you know and Messi was you know was the uh, was the star and he's absolutely a brilliant brilliant player and, and, and unique in his own way and I'm unique so unique Messi is that he did the whole thing while chewing gum. <laughs> and here he is just going full speed at times and other times standing there waiting for his moment. But the ability of these great teams, of which Robert made teams great, to move the ball and to pass the ball. Because every time there's a championship in a team concept, it always comes down to ball movement mm. and the teams that move the ball. And that was Robert Ory. He never held it. He never tried to make himself the star. He just came out and said, okay, this is what we got to do to win. And we got to, you know, we got to pass the ball to Keem. We got to pass to Shaq. We got to pass to Timmy. We got to play defense. We got to rebound. We got to run. We got to set screens. We got to catch the ball. We got to fill the spaces to draw the defense and open everything up. And then when push comes to shove, and they needed one basket. It was always Robert Ory who would stand there, and no matter what team he was on, he would just fly, and he would get the key rebound. He would make the key defensive stop, and he always had to guard this incredible talent on the other team, and never complain. You know, never got into it with the refs. Just got in there. You know, never, never got into it with the coaches, with the exception of Danny Gaines there. <laughs> one clear exception. Hey. Yeah. That, that was this. That was just you know from the history of playing against him. Yeah, <laughs> Robert. Well, that was no, a little bad blood. Yeah, a little bad. Robert. Blood. Nobody has made more mistakes than me. So, <laughs> and I have my own. I have my own Danny story because I played. I was on the second string on the Celtics when Danny was a huge star with Boston, and Danny was scrambling my brainwaves one day, and he was messing with me because I was trying to get up and. And Robert, you know, in, in basketball, the biggest guy, he gets the lane down the center of the court, right? Yeah. We'll establish that. And the biggest guy in the court, he gets that groove. And you got to get out of that way, man. So I was really laboring with all kinds of foot trouble and uh, just struggling to even get through practice. And Danny, just young, spry, just bouncing around like you know, a <laughs> wild man. Like a new much. puppy. <laughs> yeah. And, and so he kept he kept jumping in my way in, in, in the groove and, and trying to disrupt my stride going up and down the court, which I'm barely able to do, right? So I, I, the first time I told him, hey, man, just knock that nonsense off. But he kept doing it. Mm. So the second time, I pushed him out of the way. The third time, I lifted him out of the way. <laughs> and then the fourth time I just ran over right? and, and he got mad and he jumped up and wanted to fight me. So I'm standing there saying, let's go, you know, this little tiny guy. Right. <laughs> and then so he's yelling at me and barking at me. What are you doing, Walton? And Casey Jones, our great coach, he comes over. What's, what's going on here? Right. And then Jerry Seesting, who was a guard on my team on the second string, right. He comes over and he starts getting in my face. And he's on my team. Finally, <laughs> the guys stick together. <laughs> so, I, so I looked at Danny Ainge and I said, "Hey, man, the only thing I hate worse than a guard is an." And then I turned to Jerry Seesting, who was on my team. I said, "Is a second string guard." And we went on to win the game. Oh, Robert Ory, man, the Hall of Fame. When you get there, I want you to have the greatest speech ever, man. It's uh, I've been lucky enough to have, to present, I believe, eight people, and it's the greatest honor in the world. I mean, to go into the Hall of Fame doesn't get any better than that. But when you're asked to be a presenter, that's 
Uh, I'm not lobbying here, Robert. I'm lobbying for you. <laughs> I don't know. You pick, you pick a key, Shaq, and Timmy. Believe me. <laughs> no, hey. I don't know about that one. I think you may have lobbied to be the be the ninth no, person. No, I'm not lobbying. Hey, not. First of all, you know, Tim doesn't talk. Dream doesn't talk. So, hey, you got a great chance, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you've made the top five. Congratulations. Well, they've actually changed the rules, Robert, because – Used to be when you went into the Hall of Fame, your presenter uh, made comments about you and, and, and you know gave a speech, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I did all kinds of guys. I did eight guys, and then they changed the rules. And I, I think probably because I spoke too long. <laughs> so no. Now, Mm-mm. now the presenters don't speak. They, you know, they have a little pre-recorded video that kind of introduces the player to tell some stuff, and then then the the guy who's being inducted enshrined uh, he get, gets up and he gives the speech and the speeches are all so fantastic my wife Lori and I we go every year uh, we go just it, it is such an inspirational moment and I look forward to the day that Robert Ori is up there <clears throat> and so uh, when I was enshrined uh, Dick McGuire from the Knicks uh, he, he was uh, Al McGuire's brother, right? And, and so, and, you know, Dick went in uh, before Al did, and Dick was a great, great player for the Knicks, and he was very shy. He was very reserved. And so he walked up there to the microphone, and they said, you know, now in this year's class, 1993, uh, Hall of Fame and enshrinee inductee Dick McGuire. And he walks up there, looks at the crowd, steps to the microphone and says, thank you. And then turned to walk to one. That was it. So, so I just took his time when I went up there. <laughs> because when I got up there, I was the last guy. It was alphabetical order. I was the last guy. And at the 16-minute mark of my five minutes of allotted time, I took my, I took my first breath. And Brian McIntyre from the NBA, he's standing there monitoring the situation to make sure we get through the evening because everything closes in Springfield. Earlier, early, and so he said. At my first breath, he said, "Come on, Walton, let's wrap this speech up. (laughs) Your speech is lasting longer than your career did." (laughs) And Robert Ory, how much fun would it have been? You know, guy played on some of the great teams in basketball history, and 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 so did Robert. But uh, how much fun would it have been for me to play with Robert Ory? Because I love. I love thinking. I love the the figuring out how we're going to do this, and yeah. uh, you know, and and and, and Robert was he was so flexible. He was so adaptable. He was so versatile, and he you know he could do anything. He could do everything, and he he had size deceptive size because when you look at him from a distance, when you look at him, he has that perfect body, you know, and hands and face, <laughs> and and he just he had everything going for him. And then you get closer and closer and. Much like my wife, the closer you get, the better she looks, right? The, <laughs> the closer you get, the better he looks. I mean, and then I get up next to him, and the guy's a full 6'10", and he's got these arms, maybe not the Kevin McHale arms. We called Kevin Frankenstein because his arms were so long. But there was Robert Ory, who really defined an era, you know, an, an era of – an era that changed – Oh, with Michael Jordan first, and then to Allen Iverson, and now at, you know at, at, at this incredible level of Steph Curry, of, of the guy who has the ball is going to make the play for himself, and that was not Robert Ory's game. You know, I, I'm going to say, not knowing. But I'm going to say in the history of Robert's career with Wimp Sanderson, I don't know much about Andalusia. I do know about Tuscaloosa, and I do know about Houston. I do know about Phoenix. I do know about L.A., and I do know about San Antonio. I'm going to say that Wimp Sanderson, Rudy Tomjanovich, Danny Ainge, Phil Jackson, and Greg Popovich never called an isolation play for Robert Ory. <laughs> you just take the ball and you do what you want with it. No, uh, last time on, I had an ISO play ran for me was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, he was on the move. You know, and when he got the ball on the move, he kept the ball moving. You know, there was never any hesitation. There was never any doubt. There was never any stoppage. Because, you know, basketball, like soccer, is running. It's like cycling. You're just moving all the time out there. 
uh, few people that I've ever seen did it in a more majestic way, in a more humble way. Because every time I see Robert, I just fall in love with the guy. And I just, you know, I start blabbering and slobbering all over him. Whether it's, hey, a, whether it's know, in Houston go. Airport where we cross, or yeah. it's in Las Vegas where we're doing something for the NBA. <laughs> Wherever I see Hey, Bill, you go, hey, these guys are going to think I started to pay you, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I was there. These, I, I'm looking at these guys, Jenner, and, you know, Jenner and Brandon, man, these guys are too young. They don't know. Oh, no, I, was, I grew up in the era of Robert Ory. I watched Rob play a yeah, lot. Yeah, you were in diapers, no, no doubt. I was in high school, no, man. No, that was wasn't. my prime years, man. That was my prime yeah, years. So Brandon, how, Brandon, how old are you, 22 or what? I'm 32. Okay, yeah, so like I said, you were too young. <laughs> <laughs> we have grandchildren your age. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. But the yeah. fun and the joy and, and, and the way – because you, your coaches, I mean, your coaches are also my heroes. I mean, you're my hero, and Akeem's my hero, and those Laker teams were fantastic, and the Spurs teams were fantastic. Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich and, you know, all the guys. And I tell you, I was uh, – t- but I know you you, know, you you didn't play with David Robbins, no. but I know you played with Manu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and and, and, and that, team, that team, uh, with, you know, with you guys, there were so many different weapons and just so many different guys who could carry the load, c- carry the moment and just take over. And I, I was there this past year when Manu went into the Hall of Fame and it was just remarkable the the crowd support because uh, you know, following Argentina through this year's World Cup, and I don't know if you saw the video. Oh my God! Andres Cantor parades and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, Andres Cantor, who's the broadcaster uh, for, from Argentina, but he's a legendary broadcaster for soccer, mm-hmm. and he's the one that calls goal. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's from Argentina. Now you know he's come to the United States for his career and everything, but there's a video out there mm-hmm. of him calling when they won. Yeah, I saw and, that, and, and just the emotion of this incredible force of everything good, Andres Cantor, just like Robert Ory. I mean, just represents goodness, kindness, excellence, uh, just superior across the board and to see how much it meant to him. And and that's the way it was with Robert, the way he played. Now, the the sad thing for Robert was that the second it was over, the light always left him because it was always going to Akeem or to Shaq or to Timmy or to Manu or to Tony. And uh, uh, But the, those of us who were there, we realize and we appreciate, we express, we, respect and we acknowledge the fact that it doesn't happen without Robert Ory. And, oh. and, and, and the, Robert, take us through the early days when you first got to Houston. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to guess, I think, I, I think I remember that, that this is the way it happened, that they didn't really know much about you. They didn't know what you had but then they put you in the game, and all of a sudden, Akeem started getting 40 points a game and, and the ball every single time, and then you won the championship every year. Yeah, for me, you know, I, I think the one thing that coaches got to know about me that I had to figure things out, meaning I did my best to look at the team and measure the team and try to do what was best for the team, putting myself to the side as far as my needs. And I think – Rudy T understood that. Phil understood that. And it took Pop a while to understand that. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about all the coaches that they had, that I had. They let me be me because they know I wasn't going to do anything to, to, to be detrimental to the team. I was going to do everything that was best in the interest of the team. So I think that was the one thing that, that Rudy understood early because when I first got there, he was like, okay. He kind of saw it when I was always passing the ball, but reluctant to shoot the ball. And it wasn't because I couldn't shoot. I was afraid to shoot. I was just trying to make sure everybody else was happy. And then I had to say, you know what? It's not about everybody else. It's always about me and them, too. It can be both. And I think that was the one thing that Rudy appreciated, especially after he he, he messed up and 
traded me for Barkley. <laughs> and, they, and they haven't won since. Yeah. The curse of Robert Ori. Yeah, so, I like it. When and how did you develop the long-range shot? You know, after playing with, with Dream after my second year, um, and we won the championship, and the way the Knicks played in that 94 championship, it was just – it beat me up. It beat me up so bad that I figured, I said, man, I got to work on my outside, Jay. And the other thing is winning championships give you confidence. You think you can be you're the best player in the world if you win a championship. So winning a championship with the confidence and working on my outside game because of the Knicks, because of Oakley and Mason, all those guys beating you up on the inside, I said, I got to learn. I got to work on my jumper. And I can't always go to the hole and dunk. I can't always go to the post. So I started working on my jumper, and that's how it kind of fell into play. And – at what point did you develop the post-entry pass right on the mark, right in rhythm, so that the big man, whether it be Akeem, Shaq, or Timmy, could just finish the play effortlessly? You know, it, it always helps when you've played that position before. And for me in high school and college, I played that position. And when I got to college, Reed didn't really throw it to where I wanted to. Hollywood didn't throw it the way I wanted to. But, and so they never asked me. And I would tell them, yo, throw it to this hand or throw it to this hand. And it wasn't very good passes. So I would always go up to Dream and like, yo, how, how do you want it? I remember when I first go, when, started playing with Shaq. I says, tell me how you like the ball on the post. He looked at me like, huh? I'm like, yeah, because, you know, do you like – because Dream liked me to snap it to him. Right. And I had other players who like you to lob it to them because it was too strong for guys to get around them and they could, you know, catch the ball and, and, and work. So that's the one thing that I was, hey, tell me how you like it on the post. I'm going to give it to you how you like it because I always felt like I was one of the best passers that played the game. I always felt like I was smart enough to figure out whatever situation ever happened. So the passing just came natural because I know how I want it in the post. So I'm going to ask, hey, how do you want it? So <laughs> it went from there. So did they ever give it to you when you were in college in the post there? Nope. I had, to, I, had to, I had to I had to yell and scream and cry. But I had to, you know, most of the time I had to go get it or I just went over to Wimp and said, yo, you want me to play? Give me the ball. If you don't, I'm gonna sit over here. I'm not I'm not only gonna play defense. So we had a lot of battles, me and Wimp, about me not getting the rock. So it it, it went down a lot of times in that locker room behind closed doors. But I have a lot of respect for Wimp and Wimp has a lot of respect for me because he know I'm just trying to win. He's a fantastic dude, and the and the fact that the Alabama uh, it's the Crimson Tide is that what they're called? Uh huh. Okay, so like they got a good team again this year. Yeah, I I had some of their games this year up in yeah. college, and I, yeah. the coach they have now, and they got a lot of talent on that squad. Did, did we, uh, Rob? You have to tell me. Just we we saw the one game, and uh, Rob and, and Beat Harp was kind of like, "Did you pay Bill to say that?" Because <laughs> <laughs> we were was, just uh, talking about it. It was it was was it the uh, North Carolina game? UConn. No, it was you. I think it was UConn. Oh, no, it was North Carolina. We brought it, it up North on the North game. Carolina. It was, it was yeah. Alabama, and North Carolina. Oh, okay, yeah. North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Four overtimes, man. Yes. I, I had to get up after the second overtime and go use the bathroom. Man. <laughs> but I, I was able to make it back without missing a play. I walked back and sat down as the ball was getting put in the air. It's yeah. fantastic. But Rob, Rob, you, Robert, you talked about the uh, coach and not giving you the ball. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> when I was at UCLA, that's where I went to college. I played for a coach named John Wooden, and he – on the first first or second day we were there, he he stopped practice, which he rarely did. And he looked at everybody and said, okay, we're UCLA. Our game is fast break. We're up and down, full court press. You know, you get the ball in the open court, just take it and go. And then he paused, looked around again, and he said, okay, but if the other team is, is set up defensively and they're dug in and we're coming up with – and we need a half-court play here. And then he stopped and looked around the room again, and he said – if the rest of you guys no, – no, he said, if Bill Walton and Jamal Wilkes don't get the ball every time in the set offense, then the rest of you guys are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they looked, and Jamal and I, we just threw our arms in the air and said, yeah, man, this is fantastic. But the rest of the guys ended up playing like Robert Ory, sacrificing everything – for the betterment of the team and, and, and for the goal, the goal of success and for winning. And that's the, you know, the coaches made that decision and it was very beneficial for me. And, but you know, I, I'm a team guy. 
And, and that, that's why I admire and respect uh, Robert Ory's efforts. And and it is, it's just it's shameful, it's shameful that he's not in the Hall of Fame. And hopefully you guys have played on this show, Rudy T's Hall of Fame enshrinement speech. We had Rudy and, uh, on, I think, the day after Rudy joined us, and we got to talk to him about it. I was it. there. And, uh, yeah. I was there. It, it was fantastic. And, you know, and the parallels. Because, you know, Bill Russell and my hero, my favorite player ever on and off the court, you know, Bill Russell, all of his teammates are in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Bill, I do want to ask you, you know, they, uh, the, NBA no. just re- they, the NBA just renamed the NBA Awards. You know, you have, no. you know, Michael Jordan being the MVP. All, congratulations to all the guys. My only comment, Brandon, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll – I'm going to answer before you even ask the question. Okay. But my only comment is, do you think they might have been able to find one of the trophies in honor of Kareem? I mean, just one? Mm. We were talking about that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And by I the mean, way, someone brought up on Twitter, and I didn't realize I, during our I, conversation. I'm going to say that Robert never played against Kareem. No, I didn't. Against uh, Kareem? Yeah. No, I don't think so. No. No. Robert yeah. started in 93 in the NBA, graduated in 92 from Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then he was born in 1970, uh, and then goes down to Andalusia, and then the rest is history there. But Kareem was, you know, the standard of excellence, and he, yeah. you know, he never played a game, never played a game for like his whole life where he wasn't the number one focus of the other team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good yeah. point. Yeah. Wow. And we were talking about Larry and Magic, too. We're like, how come there aren't trophies named for them? Someone pointed yeah. out on Twitter, the Eastern and Western Conference MVP finals yes, uh, or finals are, are, are the Larry and Magic trophies. I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Because that's the, the thing is, those are all new trophies, and we didn't have that when we were coming up. So <laughs> and we never really focused on that. So but, thank you, whoever came up with that. But the growth of the NBA is just staggering, and it's the yeah. dream. It's the dream come true. Now, Robert Ori, he played with the dream. Robert Ori made the dream come true for all of us. And to see <laughs> to see how successful the league is right now is just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. It was nice to see them be able to come up with the the financial uh, help and assistance for the ABA guys who helped yes. build the whole culture of basketball. And you know, it's it's a dream come true. And it, 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 you've got the smartest people in, in the world running the show. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I love about the NBA, when something's not right, they don't sit back and say, well, we're going to look at this or we're going to study this, man. They fix it. They come right in and they, and, and they take care of business. And, you know, I'm a results guy and I, 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 I'm not into, you know, let's have a big long meeting about something. What's the problem? What's the solution? Okay. From here on, that's what it's going to do. And that's, you know, just think of the way that Robert Ori played because as he was coming up, this completely different player, full six ten, playing on the perimeter with one of the greatest players ever inside in, in Akeem. And I'm a huge Akeem Olajuwon fan, but the, the way it shifted as soon as Robert got there, and, and and Rudy wasn't waiting around because as soon, <laughs> as, soon as he saw it, Robert Ory never came out again. It was just fantastic. And and he would, you know, Ru- Rudy created the culture, a, a culture of team, family, happiness, success, and, and and all the things that go into a group dynamic. And and, and for. Robert to be a part of it, for Akeem to be the centerpiece, for Rudy to be the orchestrator and you know the conductor, and 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 I and I was sitting right there in the front row and the you know in center court and watching all this go down and you know because you know they're playing against some really good teams out there you know you played against the Knicks one year and Orlando the next and you got Patrick Ewing and you got Pat Riley and you got Shaq and, and Houston comes in and says, yeah, uh, get up out of here. You guys, you guys think you know what you're doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. How fun was that? Yeah. All right, Bill, we, we can't thank you enough for uh, being part of our 100th. Yes. And, 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 yeah, and, 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 Brandon. Love you, man. Thank you, Robert. We love thank you. you Bill. Thank you, Bill. See you soon. All right. Yeah, Brandon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. 
T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast is back for our second season. Bigger and better than ever. Seriously, though, this ish is huge. I'm your host, T-Pain. Every Tuesday, join me and my guests and my co-host for action-packed, hilarious, inspirational conversation. That's right. We're doing T-Pain Tuesday. We got the biggest guests, new drinks, new games, and crazy studio vibes. You already know what it is, and here's Nappy Boy Radio, baby. Listen and subscribe to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. Season 2 is available now everywhere you get your podcast. You already know what it is. Come on through. All right, so we'll just widen all the doorways in your house to get your big fat ego head through all these doors now. And Bill Walton spent the better part of an hour just blowing up so, your ego on the show. So whenever I meet LeBron and Michael, I'm like, you guys should be more like Robert Orr, the Ram Sunshine, <laughs> the Rainbow, the Sunrises, uh, and it sets. Hey, you gonna you about to earn your money, man? <laughs> <laughs> man. You about to earn your money? <laughs> uh, I, 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 man, I, it's funny because when we started before you hopped on, Bill had just gotten on and he's like, uh, how, how long, how long do you want to go? I was like 15, 20 minutes. We'll just kind of chit chat and see where it goes. And yeah, we went off about 50 minutes with Bill Wall. There, there was no point of these questions. <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a show sheet with questions on it. Might as well just be fat load of crap now. I don't know if you need that. But, but that's okay, uh, Jim. Oh, because you, you should be like Robert Ory. I know. Yeah, just... <laughs> we all need to learn to be more like Robert Ory. Man. The world would be a better place. Exactly, man. Hey. He made you sound like, jeez, it was God. Yeah, you were right there, boy. Hey, I'm sitting back behind Moses like this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tell him. Tell yeah. him, Bill. Okay, Moses. Let me hold one of those tablets for you. Boy, that is, that is Funny! Oh my God! We uh, had these fifteen commandments. Ten. Boom! Oh, I mean ten, ten commandments. commandments. And, and, and it History really of the world part. I was really. like, oh, this 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 is just the Orion Walton show. They oh just, no! Look, dude, let him go. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's, that's, you know what you get when you have Bill Walton. On. Oh, absolutely. You just, you just mm-hmm. let him go, man. Nah, you just, Bill is you funny. You just let him go. But uh, <laughs> uh, an honor to have him on show one hundred, man. Yeah, an honor to have I him know. on show one hundred. Yeah. yeah. All um, right, guys, I holla. All right, dude. See, that was a good show. Honestly, there's 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 just so much other stuff that we're not going to get to this week. Um, Damian Lillard became the all-time leading point scorer for the Portland Trailblazers over the weekend. Uh, he's curious why he's not in the conversation as the second best shooter in NBA history. Behind because Steph Curry. You, you know, we got Reggie Miller, you got Robert Ory, uh, you got Larry. Bur- well, yeah, Robert Ory. <laughs> shit. No, I was like, Larry Bird may want to have a word. You know, I'm just saying. No, nah, what I want to get into. Because we talked about this last week and talked about what was what was we need to know what was said. The Draymond yes. Oh, Draymond. Yes. Okay, you heard yes. what was said, right? Yes. The fan I told didn't him what was said. Okay, so the fan was saying Milwaukee gave you a pass for smacking the shit out of Jordan Poole. Uh-huh. That's all the fan said. You got a pass. Milwaukee's giving you a pass. You should take it and be happy. That's all that was said. Hey, sometimes something said like that can scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yes, so. Because, hey, think about it, though, man. You don't know who he knows, and you don't know. And he might not know who has his back. And for someone out of the blue to just say that to Draymond, Draymond probably shit his shorts. You need to check his shorts because <laughs> he, probably got a, he probably got a streak right down the there. crazy yeah. part about it, I was wondering, I'm like, why the heck is he defending Jordan? And I forgot Jordan Poole is from. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. He's a Milwaukee mm-hmm. native. And uh, the arena came back. The Bucks came back, gave the guy uh, a refund on his tickets and tickets to a future game to come back. So mm-hmm. obviously whatever was said wasn't anywhere in the vicinity of threatening Draymond's life, at least not from the he's perspective scared. of – He was scared, man. Yeah, that must have been, but that's that, – I can see it from – That's a, that's pretty soft. It's, a, it's soft, but soft. it's also very subtle. Mm-hmm. We gave you a pass, bro, for what you did to Jordan Poole. Just, just, just take it. Like you said, you don't know who know who. You don't yeah. know who somebody is affiliated with or what. So you can, it can be, it can sound so simple, but it can mean so much. Yeah, it sure can. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I thought it you was know. kind of. A, yeah, I thought he yeah. talked about his mama or said something or was threatening hey, his kids. No, hey, that that statement alone scared the shit out of him. 
And so that's yeah. why he that's did he that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, uh, uh, he, he he might change his mind. Get him up out of here. <laughs> yeah. That he pass might, he might he not might revoke that pass. He might revoke quick. that pass. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Uh, let's do quickly. Big shot of the week is going to go to uh, Taco Bout Joys, a Mexican restaurant located in Glenview, Illinois, and the surrounding community in Glenville, uh, Illinois. And here's why. A small family-owned business that opened in September. It struggled to get customers. So the owner's daughter, Isabel, put out a TikTok saying, it breaks my heart to see my mom watching the door every day. I wish I could give her more customers for Christmas. And uh, her community responded. They have had lines out the door. The TikTok video went viral. The family is sitting at the table crying as they count their money at the end of the night because a business that was about to go under got completely embraced by the community. People coming from across the state of Illinois, from out Mm -hmm. of state to come support one local business that just needed a boost for Christmas. So big shot of the week to everybody that supported, uh, I'm sorry, the name of the place, Taco yes. Bout Joyce, because that's just, it's a small little thing, but to that family, it is everything. You know, so my wife always asks me, because I always go in these little small hole-in-the-wall joints and go in, and I sit down and eat. I don't get to go. I sit down and eat. Sometimes people look at me like, nah, that ain't him. Hmm. That can't be him. But for me, these small joints like this, the food is sometimes, but most of the time, always better. Oh, yeah. Because I say it's made with love because this is their passion. This mm-hmm. is how they're going to make their living. So they got to make the food good. If they don't, they're going to be out of business. Right. And so I, I, I like I like people who go and support all these small businesses and give them love, man. Yeah, so love that's that. a big shot out of my book because I do the same. All right. Uh, do you quickly want to do a, a holiday edition of Black Crime? We White got Crime? to. We got to, right? To. We got to. Yeah. All right. Uh, these are all holiday-related stories. Hey, before we start, though, yeah. I was in the airport, and this guy came up to me. Um, we were in Arkansas. I think it was Arkansas. Okay. His name is Javon. He came up, and he, he just walks up to me and shows me his phone. It was a podcast. He said, man, I listen to you every day. Day every well, we week. Appreciate we appreciate him, man. So I just want to say, Javon, thank you him. for listening. Appreciate we appreciate you. you and keep listening, dude. Yeah. Yes. And it was, by the way, it was Wayne that uh, brought up that the Western and Eastern Conference Finals MVPs are for Larry and Magic. And uh, Adam, Adam on Twitter wanted to know why the Clutch Player of the Year award wasn't named after Robert Ory. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? He's got a point. <laughs> He's got a point. <laughs> hey. I got two fans now, Bill and Adam. Yeah, Adam, Adam, right? Yeah, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> They're both out there rooting for yeah. you. And Bill Walton. So I, yeah. he makes up most of You only need, if Bill Walton, your friend, you only need one. You only need one Bill Walton, man. He'll he'll kill an episode real <laughs> hey, quick. Hey, he's my two big MC. He's my hype man. Dude, he <laughs> is. You just need Bill Walton. You take him everywhere with you now. Uh-huh. That's, that's just the whole thing. Let me tell you about who's sitting at this table. Robert Ory. They're like, sir, we just want to get the order of your food. <laughs> no, about, hey, your order. Like we were just in uh, Arkansas and, and trying to get a reservations. And one of our, one of our teammates, Molly, do you know who he is? This is a seven-time NBA champion. <laughs> Played in the SEC, and the guy says, well, come on in. Let me sit you down. Let me go find a seat for you. The sun rises and sets with Robert Ory. (laughs) All right, uh, holiday edition of Black Crime or White Crime. A man in Greenville, South Carolina, (laughs) had to repent this holiday season after drunkenly stealing a Santa statue from in front of a downtown restaurant. Uh, He was drunk. He made off with the statue. The whole thing was caught on video, and he had to return it and apologize to the store owner to avoid jail time. So did the drunken guy who made off with a Santa statue last week, black guy or white guy? That's a tough one. No, it's, it's, he apologized. (laughs) 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 Okay. Okay. I'm going to say white guy. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I got family in Greenville, South Carolina, but, and I know the majority of there is white people. So I had to go with a white guy on this one. Uh, that's going to be a point for both of you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, no, it's not. He apologized. That's guy. <laughs> he apologized. Uh, all right, here you go. The next time you think about stealing the baby Jesus from your local church, uh, think again, because a woman was arrested in Florida on theft of the baby Jesus after GPS tracked it down. They low-jacked the baby Jesus because apparently they get stolen from mangers at the Christmas all the time. Uh, she was caught... She was arrested 
Black woman or white woman? Let's see. Everyone's perplexed. I like this. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go with a white lady on this one. Uh, I think, I, I think I'm going to go, go with a white lady. Okay. Yeah, black folk don't play by Jesus. <laughs> I don't play by Jesus. Oh. Now nah, I'm gonna go white lady too. Hey, you're both right. Now I'm surprised yeah. it took you that long. Yeah. Black yeah. folk don't yeah. be stealing the baby Jesus. That's Jesus. white people. That's religious. That is white people. Do not play by Jesus. Hey, uh-uh. Come on now. Uh, all right, uh, here's the situation: two men at a Walmart. Man one fakes a heart attack in front of the security guards to create a diversion while man two uses said diversion to make out with about $400 worth of toys man two then leaves man one suddenly feels okay gets up gets in man two's car and the two of them drive off together black 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 that's a brother that's a brother that's a big fat point for me yeah you gotta get you gotta get taken off in the ambulance man something's okay I'm okay now I'm okay I'm okay get this guy's car it's fine yeah oh god the level of creativity oh that was a hey that was straight out of Sanford I was gonna say he was was a Fred Sanford I'm coming oh Oh, come on, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, I'm Elizabeth, coming. I'm coming. Uh, a woman in South Carolina stabbed a man on Christmas Jeez. last year for coming home without beer. When officers confronted her, she tried to say that he slipped and fell, but she couldn't explain her bloody hands and clothes. <laughs> she was charged with criminal domestic violence. So black lady or white lady stabbed her husband for not coming home. With I'm going to say white. I'm going to say white, too, because it had been Hennessy. I'm going to say black. It had to be some liquor. It had to be some wine some or some liquor. had to be some brown liquor. We ain't nobody over no beer. Okay, all not, right. Not over no Coors Light. Yeah, you're both right. Yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. Yeah. white lady. Yeah, white lady stab you for your natty light. Oh, she's going to get you. Hey, where's my past blue ribbon, damn it? Come out of here. You said you go bring some tall boys home. She stabbed a man over Bud Light. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, most of us dream of a white Christmas. This guy from California was dreaming of a green Christmas. He allegedly packed and handed out marijuana and napkins to customers at a Buffalo Wild Wings. He was approaching customers while they were eating and told them Santa had a gift for them. When police searched him, they found over two pounds of prepackaged marijuana. He was arrested for furnishing marijuana. I didn't even know there was a charge. I uh, didn't either. Uh, black guy or white guy? I don't want to say black. I'm going to say black, too. You're both on a roll today. Yeah, that was black guy. Good now, job. Now, I say this. If this was a another substance of a very light or white color, <laughs> then we would have gone somewhere else with this. Yeah. It's a higher-end drug. It's a higher-end drug. It's a luxury. And, 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 and the other thing is he was in a, a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> <laughs> he had his chicken. Damn. Man. Oh. All right, two more quick ones here. Uh, during a drunken Santa pub crawl, you remember those like where everyone dresses up as Santa and they go from like bar to bar? Yeah. One of the Santas broke off from the group and decided to rob a bank. He made away with an un- made away with an undisclosed amount of cash and then disappeared into the crowd of Santas. He got away with it except for the fact that they had security camera at the bank where his beard wasn't all the way on so you could completely and totally white. see his face. Black guy or white guy? White. White. Easy. They saw this off a movie. It's white. What's the movie with um Eddie? It was, it's one of those movies. It's a movie. It's also and, white. And for you to blend in, you got to be the color of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so it's white. It was the black Santa officer. Go get his ass. Yeah, no, it was a white guy. Good job. Yeah. All right, uh, last one here in our holiday edition of Black Crime, White Crime. Uh, a woman boasted to her neighbors that she had the best Christmas tree in the world. That Christmas tree was actually a giant marijuana plant. Oh, God. Police found 21 cannabis plants, 29 bags of other drugs, two shotguns in the woman's house. Apparently, the authorities had been investigating her for a month, but didn't expect to find a marijuana plant being used as a Christmas tree. Black woman or white woman? This is Twana. 
<laughs> uh, yes, this was a black person. Oh my goodness, you're both going to end on a strike. Uh, that's, a, that's a white lady. Oh, really? What? That was a white lady. Oh, let me get. Oh, you're hey, right. It, I, it, you missed 29 bags of other drugs and two shotguns. That, yeah. Uh, oh, two yeah. shotguns. Yeah. You're two right. Shotguns, shotguns usually. Yeah. Uh, Southern woman protecting her weed. Yeah, we got we we got the nine or the four or five. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Roscoe sitting over there. Yep. Go get you some. Yep. All right, that Dog. is that is uh, that is episode one hundred. How about hey, that? And it's been a wild ride, dude. I, uh, I I'm hit one hundred with Crazy Bill. <laughs> yeah, I, dude. I'll tell you what, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna play my own Bill Walton here for a second. Uh, thank you for letting us uh, be idiots with you every week. It's a lot of fun. Um, I love both of you guys. It's the spirit of Christmas. Yep. The sun rises and sets with Robert Ori. Uh, no, it's just you're um, when you start these projects with people, you never know where they're going to go, what they're going to become. You know, if you guys are going to be friends or not. And, you know, you and I didn't know each other from Adam uh, when we started this thing. And uh, I, I'm just I love that that we're buddies. I love that I can text you and razz you about shit in the NBA, or <laughs> you can blow me up about some nonsense you saw in the news, and we all have like a text chain going off, mm-hmm. off the air, and um, it's cool. It's cool, and uh, you're you know it's Christmas time. Uh, I want both of you guys to have just a just a wonderful holiday, and uh, cheers to a hundred shows because that's pretty awesome. Yes, likewise. I, I feel I feel the same, man. You know, coming outside of coming in. Having fun with you guys. I look forward to it each and every week, man. It's, and I, I sometimes I wish we did it more because yeah. I because I have that much fun with you guys, man. So yeah, I appreciate fun. you guys. It is a lot Happy of fun. holidays to the both of you. I hope y'all get nothing but good things in your stocking. And good things in your man cave and good things in your bedroom. That's great. <laughs> what, if my wife shows up with gummy dicks from Spencer's, I'm coming after you, buddy. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shot Bob Pod for links to all our guests and all sorts of fun. The Big Shot Bob Pod is a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One and Podcast One Sportsnet.